right. So let's let's uh, actually begin um, by reading a few scriptures. <clears throat> so let's turn to Matthew 28, and we'll start there. And then I'd like to give a little bit uh, information about the country, and then, Lord willing, I'll speak about um, the open doors the Lord has open uh, that me, my wife, my family are uh, going through and uh, seeing how the Lord is working in those areas. So let's turn to Matthew 28. We mentioned this already this morning, but let's read beginning um, in verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Um, in verse 19, the word nations is ethnos, which is like <coughs> tribes, uh, groups of people. Um, in Thailand, there are many groups of people. Uh, we usually would think, well, Thailand is full of Thai people, right? Well, yes, but there's also many other people that uh, make up Thailand, and some of those we call hill tribe people. And so there's a lot of hill tribe people. There's mainly five or six hill tribe people that is in the area that we live, which is the north. Um, but Thailand is, if you don't know where it is, it's in uh, what they consider Northeast Asia, uh, which would of course include China, um, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, Japan, Korea, all those countries. Uh, when you think of Northeast Asia, that is what it consists of. Now, Thailand, uh, not to be confused with Taiwan, we, we are not uh, fearful of Chinese right now. Maybe someday we will be, but not right now. Um, Thailand, if you can picture it, so here's a shape of Thailand on the prayer card. And so if you can picture uh, to the west uh, and to the north is Burma, which is now called Myanmar. Okay, there's a war going on right now where the government has been taken control by their military and they're fighting with the ethnic hill tribes and so a lot of those tribes are coming to Thailand. But they've really been doing that for the last 15 to 20 years in large numbers. Okay, so uh, above this is, um, is China here. Uh, to the uh, east, the northeast is Laos and then Cambodia. And then down below is Indonesia, or Malaysia, first, uh, the, the rest of this peninsula is Malaysia, and then Indonesia, Philippines, to kind of get the idea of the geography. Um, if you keep going uh, to the west on the other side of um, Burma or Myanmar, then you'll get to India, if, if you can picture that on the map. <coughs> Now, um, Vietnam, of course, is on the east, so Laos, Cambodia, and then Vietnam is just right on the other side. <clears throat> so Thailand consists of 70 million people, 
the, its land size is about the size of Texas. And uh, when we were on deputation, of course, I don't have slides this time, unfortunately, but it, uh, we had a slide where you could put this whole uh, nation of Thailand in Texas would be just about like that. If you could picture Texas, uh, Texas, I think, has more land mass, but about the length and all that, it's about the same size. The nation consists, as I said, of two types of people, the Thai nationals and the hill tribes. Uh, the main religion in Thailand is Buddhism, but as you start to study Buddhism, there's many different forms of Buddhism, and so there's, uh, if you want to study it, it's called Theravada Buddhism. It's basically Thai Buddhism, and so uh, a little different than Chinese Buddhism and Japanese and uh, Tibetan or whatever, those uh, the monks that you see on TV from those areas. So it's a mixture of the ethnic animism, spiritism, and Buddhism, and then the, of course they have a lot of traditions. If you ask, why is this statue of Buddha surrounded by a serpent going up like this? Well, you ask one Buddhist, he'll have a long story and a parable about some snake that protected him from some spirit. Then you ask another uh, Buddhist and he'll have another long explanation about how the snake's trying to eat him. In the, it's like a different story for everyone you talk to. There's no consistency. And they don't mind it. When you point out the inconsistencies in Buddhism, they don't mind it. They don't, they don't think in that Western way of critical thinking. And so it makes it pretty <laughs> difficult to speak to them about uh, their religion, but there are other ways you can speak to them uh, as well. So the Buddhism is the, the largest religious group. Um, it consists of 95%. So 95% of the population is Buddhist. 4% uh, is Muslim. And less than 1%, uh, last time I checked it was 0.67% is Christian. That's everyone that calls themselves Christian. Um, and so uh, the hill tribes, uh, they pretty much are mostly animist, but they are also, uh, a large number is Christian. Um, and so that, if you think of that percentage, that 0.67% that's Christian, of that percentage of Christians, about 80 to 90% of those Christians are hill tribe people. So you take out the rest of that, 20%, 10% of Christians, that's all that are actual Thai nationals. So the lower, the number is really even lower when just thinking about the Thai uh, people that, that are uh, so unreached. And that's why uh, they're still considered one of the, the largest numbers of Christians group that is unreached in the world. Um, the hill tribe people, um, they're not considered native Thai people. Uh, they, they're, I think it's getting to where hopefully one day they will be considered Thai people. Um, but most of their background has been they either have come from Myanmar, from China, from Laos because of persecution or because of needing to find jobs or some reason they have all come to northern Thailand and so uh, almost all of those hill tribes are in this northern part 
this little part that sticks up, that is northern Thailand. Chiang Mai is right in the middle of that. That's where we live kind of north of Chiang Mai, about 30 minutes. And if you know uh, Paul and Susan Brown, they live on the very tip. If you could look at the very tip right there, it's probably very small, I'm sorry. But on the very tip where it meets with Myanmar, that's where they're at. So they're about three hours from uh, Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is the, the largest city in the north, um, but it's still fairly small, about two, uh, two million people, uh, two, 200,000 people. If you look at the whole province, it's about two million people. And so it's uh, not a huge city, but it is the largest city in the north. <coughs> now, um, the interesting thing about the Hill Tribe people that makes up the majority of the believers in Thailand is that uh, pretty much 40 years old and younger, people my age and younger that have been born in Thailand, uh, they have all been taught in Thai schools. They can speak the Thai language as well as their native language, but they can read Thai. They're all taught to speak Thai, read Thai in Thai schools. They also have their Hill Tribe language, but probably not long that will die or die off and they will not speak those languages much at all. They pretty much only speak those now when they are in their village um, and, and speaking with older generation. <clears throat> um, they are also taught in school to think like a Thai. Uh, they are taught the Thai customs. They are unfortunately taught Buddhism, but they're also taught and know how the Thai mind thinks. Um, and so really what better people for the Lord to use to reach the native Thai nationals than these hill tribe people. Uh, now they're looked down upon and so they need prayer just like in Acts 5 where the church asks for boldness yes. to go out and declare Christ. They need that boldness because they are thought of as you know, Thai people just like the Indians think in a caste system. And so they're way down here. But how many times has the Lord cho chosen to use people like me who, who most people would say I should not be in front of people speaking before the Lord called me. And now we see the Lord does equip you when He calls you and He can equip them to reach the Thai people. And so that's my prayer and I ask that you would pray with me about that. Um, and so that them being born in Thailand can speak Thai, think like a Thai, uh, communicate with the Thai people. They uh, can reach many more people than uh, 6'1", overweight, Farong, or they call us Farong, Westerner, okay? Uh, uh, we, we can train them and pray that the, the comp God will give them confidence, equip them, and uh, the Thai Buddhist we can see the Lord use them with these Thai Buddhists to really open up the door um, to witness to them. So be in prayer about that with us. Um, and so this is why um, they need to be trained. Uh, these these um, Hill Tribe people, uh, they have many churches throughout the villages, um, but they the churches we would consider not be, being very healthy. The pastors, many of them are not qualified in one way or another. I was talking to your pastor about the qualifications of a pastor we see in Timothy and Titus. 
Um, a lot of them, because of the translation of the Bible, don't really know or understand that those qualifications are for a pastor. They think it's for someone higher up than a pastor. And so they think, well, that doesn't apply to me, and that may be why someone not qualified is pastoring these churches. So there's a lot of uh, needs within the churches, um, but this is the main group of believers in Thailand. And so this is what, uh, from these people, the Lord will call, Lord willing, the next generation of pastors and missionaries. And so uh, the, the need for men to be trained in the ministry, uh, to be trained to be future pastors and future missionaries, uh, and just good church members, good fathers, sure. good, good wives. I mean, all this that we take for granted that happens when you follow God's word in his church, you know, this happens. We take that for granted sometimes uh, when we are in a good, healthy church. That There's not uh, good, healthy churches all over the world like you may be blessed to be a part of. And so uh, they need encouragement and much instruction. Um, they also need to be uh, taught how to study their Bibles. They need to be encouraged and strengthened with sound literature, which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but when the work began over 20 years ago, when the pastor, Brother Bill Lee, from my sending church in Grenada, Mississippi, when him and I think four or five other pastors went over to Thailand because they, they were told about a need of some people wanting to, to formally come together and start a church. And so they went over there to help them, to talk to them about this desire. And so a long story short, Brother Bill kept going. Uh, later, Brother Camp, uh, Wayne Camp, would go there, and they saw the need for men to be trained, for men to be taught how uh, to lead the Lord's church and to pastor and to feed his sheep and to what oversight of the sheep looks like, not as a Lord, but as a caring uh, shepherd that looks out for the wolves coming and for divisions and <laughs> other things you can see. Uh, from a hill, from the hillside, looking down at over the sheep, and you see that not in a, a way of uh, a lord over the flock would do, but as the Lord who cares and loves for the loves for sheep, and so they saw this need and they began to address it. Uh, Brother Camp continued to go over there and teach uh, three to four months at a time. Later, Brother Paul Brown would go over there and teach. Uh, pastor still does in the, in the preacher's training, which is to, he tries to have every month for three or four days uh, a month to train these men that are already pastors. Um, but what about the next generation? And so that's what, uh, since we've been there, we've been there about th in Thailand for three years, that's one of the main things that we've seen and that we've been asked and told that this is a need for Thai churches, Hill Tribe churches, is for the next generation of men to be trained. Um, and so if we go to 2 Timothy 2.2, we see that Paul, we know that Timothy went with Paul uh, and learned many things, no doubt, from him. Paul writes him letters, still encouraging him, still teaching him, even though they're not together side by side anymore. Uh, but he tells Timothy in the second letter, 2 Timothy 2 2, he says, And these things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. 
And so first we see that Paul says, first I've told you of these things. You've heard me teach you these things. You've heard me teach others these things, these other witnesses. And those things you've heard me teach you and teach others, you need to now commit first to, to men. Yes. Right? Men for the ministry. Um, and so that needs to be clear. I think everyone here knows that. But in Thailand, they don't, again, they don't know about the qualifications of a pastor. And many of them think women can lead the churches and pastor the churches. And so they need simple instruction that, that we have received here. And they need that you are to commit these things first to men, but not just any men in the church, to faithful men. And so as, as Timothy sees... Uh, these faithful men in, in the church he is at, uh, he is to train those faithful men, and then it says they shall be able to teach others also, meaning they're not just taking it all in for themselves right. and then sitting back and enjoying the preaching and then go leave and enjoy their life. Like they are being trained in a manner that Lord willing, and as we looked at this morning, Lord enabling, Lord strengthening, Lord equipping, then they will be able to continue to teach others also, who then will be able to teach others also. And so that is one of the means by which the Lord can fulfill His promise to His churches in Matthew 28, where He says, I'll be with you, His churches, until the end of the world. And that why He says and how He can say the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, and so the, the, the pastors need to be training other pastors, future pastors, future missionaries, um, but they themselves are not equipped. Them, they themselves as a church are not ready yet uh, to train the next generation, so they're calling on us for help. And so that is uh, what I've been, uh, I began praying about uh, early on while we were just arriving in Thailand and visiting villages before COVID, thankfully we were able to travel freely. And then COVID came and it began to close doors on travel to, and, uh, to the village and for pastors or young men feeling called to ministry to travel to us. And so that began uh, a lot of prayer and consideration. Um, and after much prayer and the Lord providentially providing a property for us to do this, we decided to have the young men that feel called to the ministry come live with us. And that way, COVID restrictions don't apply. Uh, we can all eat together. We can all have church services together. We can train every day. Uh, the government has no oversight on that because we're always together. They never leave to go home except for you know short uh, uh, breaks. But uh, this was kind of a answer to prayer concerning the COVID that seemed to kept on, keep on um, closing things down and then slowly opening and then another outbreak that would close everything down. Uh, and so uh, about a year ago, we started with 15 men. Um, I think at that time five of them lived outside and they were still able to travel when COVID would spike then then I could do a video with them but the majority of students lived with us and so we were able to continue uh, studying together and so what they've committed to do is to come study with me uh, live with me and my family 
to study the Word of God every day of the week for two years. And so every day from uh, 8 in the morning till 12, I teach them in God's Word. I teach them Bible. I teach them you know, systematic theology, Old Testament, New Testament survey, basic classes that a lot of them don't even have basic Sunday school knowledge. You know, they didn't know where the books of the Bible were, uh, how to pray in front of people. Some of them were very basic in their understanding, so we had to start very basic. And, um, and so they've been with us about a year. Um, every day from 8 to 12, I teach them in God's Word. Uh, we have lunch. Uh, after lunch, there's a pastor who's also a student that um, teaches them music, teaches them how to play keyboard and guitar, and uh, then after that, my wife teaches them English for an hour and a half to two hours a day. Then we usually have a break. They go play soccer or something, and then we eat dinner. After dinner, we shower. We have evening devotions. I put my five-year-old, six-year-old, and eight-year-old to bed. Then it's 8.30 at 9, I'm out. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> and then you just start it over. In that afternoon time, that's when I study for the next day. Because I, uh, when I pastored, I was used to, to preaching or teaching about three to four hours a week. Uh, Wednesday night, and maybe two to three hours on Sunday. Okay, now I'm teaching four hours a day. And so I'm not, I, I'm not used to that. I'm getting used to it. But I have to study any extra time just about I get. So the afternoons I study for the next day. The next day repeat. Uh, Friday afternoon I'm studying for Sunday. Um, because right now I'm the only one that is preaching or teaching on Sundays as well. Um, and so then we can start the week over. And so that's a, a commitment that not only they have, but I have to them. And so... Um, after two years, we pray that the Lord would raise up at least one or two or more of them that can stay with me after the two years is up, continue to study with me, but also one day help teach and, Lord willing, help preach. Because that is the other need we have is to start a church. Uh, since they've been with us, of course, they need a place to worship on Sunday. And speaking Thai, I cannot recommend any Thai churches that I know of that believes what we do and that would preach and teach what I'm teaching them. And so uh, I know of a good English-speaking church where Brother Jack Green's at, but the service is not in Thai. And so uh, uh, for a year now, we've been meeting together, and they have come to me a few months ago desiring to, to start a church. They said, why can't we start a church and so I said let's talk about it so we've been having meetings uh, <clears throat> you know, I've taught on the church already in several different classes but now I wanted just to meet with these men that that want to come together and assemble together covenant together as one of the Lord's churches uh, because the there's some students that are already pastors they're not with us on Sundays they pastor their own churches a little further out of town some of them drive quite a ways as well. Um, and those are tribal churches and tribal languages. But um, So I've been meeting with the men and my family as well uh, that will all covenant together, Lord willing, soon. Uh, what is a church? What does a church believe? How does a church function? And we're all 
in agreement about these things and so Lord willing uh, hopefully in the next few months when we return we will covenant together and um, and officially um, uh, come together as one of the Lord's churches so be in prayer for us but my desire is for me not to become the pastor forever and ever I want one of these young men or older men to to step into that role and for the church to uh, called the, uh, one of the men that are being trained as their pastor and so um, I, I have it seems like one young man uh, does have a gift of speaking and teaching and uh, desire to uh, the Lord's equipping him in a wonderful way that I see more so than other students I'll put it that way but uh, we'll just see what the Lord's will is concerning him but um, be in prayer uh, about that because really I don't believe the goal of a missionary should be um, for everything that happens to be dependent on me forever. Like we, sh we should be working ourselves out of a job and we don't know how long America will be able to continue to support uh, works overseas. Um, so they need to really be um, um, self-sufficient in many ways, take care of themselves financially, uh, also have leadership that are national. So be in prayer about that with us. Um, <clears throat> another thing that we are very aware of, we, be, we have become more aware of this need as I'm teaching the students. Um, uh, we've gone to the few Christian bookstores there are. There's only one in Chiang Mai. I think there's two or three in, in Bangkok, which is... Uh, the largest city, it's right here in the little uh, upside-down U area. Um, and there's not very many good books. There's a lot of Joe Olstein, there's a lot of Joyce Meyer, there's a lot of who knows what else kind of uh, Armenian and, and Pentecostal and... Prosperity, false gospel, all kinds of that kind of stuff. But I found a few good books, and we we bought them, and then we go back to buy more because hey, the Lord's provided us some students. It would be good. I found A. W. Pink Seven Sayings on the on the cross. You buy a few, you go back, they're gone. Okay, I need more. Who do I call? Oh, they're all out of print. Okay, can you print more? Or oh, we're waiting on funding. These were like in time. Yes, and so this is a major problem when they when they run out of what you see on the shelf. Usually, there's nothing in the back to go restock. And if you call whoever, whatever missionary raised the money and support to print to have these books translated and printed, they've moved on to other projects. Sometimes they've moved on to another country, uh, and this good resource is gone and so that's been a big issue that we've seen because as I'm teaching the students I'm going to give them something to read on the side I mean I've grown a lot uh, as a young pastor by reading other sermons by reading Spurgeon sermons by listening to sermons on sermon audio to going to Bible conferences these Thai believers have none of that none of that and so uh, they have really no resources to help them, to encourage them, and so uh, that is part of the ministry that we uh, have, the Lord has opened the door for us to, to help with, 
And so we are um, currently translating some books that we believe will help them. They're very basic books. Um, the first book uh, we, we printed um, was just a gospel book that's a little thicker than a track. It's maybe 40 or 50 pages. Uh, we had a gospel track printed first that uh, my translator and I came, came together and worked on it. That's kind of based off of Adoniram Judson's first gospel track, if you've ever read that. Of course, taking out the, the post-mill <laughs> slant of that track. I don't know if you've read that, brother. It's interesting. But uh, uh, kind of the approach he took, because Adoniram Judson went to the same type of Buddhist in, in Myanmar that we have in Thailand. And so we've uh, kind of made a track that's along that thinking and along that that line that the Lord used in Adoniram Judson's ministry so much. Then we printed a book about the gospel uh, that's a little deeper for those that want a little bit more than just the, the gospel tract they, they've read. Uh, but then the other four books that have been translated already and are waiting for printing, waiting for funding, are, um, are questions that I get often, even from pastors. Uh, one book is about, uh, now that I'm a Christian, what should I do? And so it talks, I mean, it's 45, 50 pages, but it puts out, uh, using scriptures, after you're saved, you should be baptized. And if you're baptized, then you should be a member of a church. And if you're a member of a church, you should be taking the Lord's Supper, and you should be reading your Word, the Word of God every day, and you should be praying every day. These things are like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, right? Well, we've been raised in church, most of us our whole life. And so we take this for granted, but they don't know that. Okay, and so that's the first book. The second book is, Why Should I Be Baptized? And, and it talks about who should be baptized, uh, how should they be baptized, all those things. Um, the, second, the third book is um, about church membership, Why Should I Be a Member in a Church? And then the fourth book is... Uh, uh, why is the church? Why is the Lord's Supper important? And so it talks about all those things um, uh, that are very basic to us in the Western culture in our churches, but they need those um, simple instructions. And so from that, other books we're working on are books that would help me um, in class, books that have like a lot of fill-in-the-blank questions and. Uh, introduction at the beginning and then questions at the end so I don't have to uh, think up questions on top of what I'm studying and then have my interpreter translate them because that's two different things interpretation and translation are two different things <laughs> and you may be gifted at one but not the other okay so getting my interpreter to translate my questions and have them ready for class the next day when the students are supposed to have already gone through those to prepare for the class that day, this is a lot of extra work. And so if I can have all that to where we hand them a book and say, hey, read these pages to prepare for class in addition to whatever section of God's Word we're going over, uh, it would be a big help to me. And it has been with a few books we found to end high. And so um, to be in prayer about that, there are... Uh, a lot. We have a list of things we would like to to print. I would love to print some Puritans, but I think that's a little bit further down the line. They're not quite 
there yet. I hope that they will get there uh, and students will will get there to where they hunger for more and more and, and be able to be um, identified by some deeper books like that. But right now I don't know if I even trust a translator to understand the English that is in those books. And so that again takes some more relationship building and we're looking at years down the road. Um, if you want to know a long-term plan of all this is that we would uh, gain relationships with the Thailand Bible Society who is responsible for the best Thai Bible translation. But even though it's the best, like we talked about, there's some things that are lacking. And, but if I go there and I talk to the board that makes the decisions on the next edition and say, hey, you need to make a distinction between these two Greek words, they're going to say, who are you? And they should, <laughs> because who am I? You know. But if I'm making these connections over a long period of time and they see the, that we're having translated good, sound, biblical material, then hopefully there can be that trust built to where if there is recommendations, then if they can't change the word to make it more clear in the tie, then they can put a footnote or something to explain it, uh, the word justification. Uh, some of the literature we found has, because uh, Thai is not, does, has no Christian background. And so just like English, when they said, hey, we should call this assembly that is different than other assemblies because it's Christ assembly, let's call it the church now. Okay? Uh, that was how the English language adapted to the the Bible and the language and the teaching in the Bible in English language and so Thai language is going through that process still and so the word justification some of the literature is starting to use a very accurate word about what justification is but the problem is the Bible translation they have is still using a word that's been used for a long time that is almost identical to sanctification and so they think we are already made righteous, not declared righteous by God through justification. So uh, there's things like that that I would like to help influence in a way, but again, that's many years down the road. So be in prayer about uh, this side of the ministry that is uh, printing books and, and getting, uh, we found some old books that are out of print that we're contacting the publishers to try to reprint them. If they don't have enough money, maybe we can save and print those and, and get them back on the, the bookshelves and hand them out and use them in class. So be in prayer for all of those things as well. Um, <clears throat> so before we have questions, um, just in closing, pray, of course, for opportunities for, uh, the, for me to be able to talk to people about the gospel. I'm learning Thai. I can speak like we talked about at lunch. Street tie. I can get a, my point across for the most part. Uh, I I don't won't feel comfortable preaching or teaching in Thai for a little while because it's a king's tie that I have to speak in, which is a totally different language. Just about. Uh, otherwise, I would cause uh, disrespect to them, and so uh, I have to study continue to study Thai. Uh, but uh, just to be able to present the gospel in a clear way and to have those open doors with uh, Thai people uh, and also that um, their idea of Buddhism that the Lord would kind of melt that 
hard heart that's the tradition of Buddhism is so strong in their heart. So pray pray with us about that. Uh, pray about the church that Lord willing will be starting soon, that it would grow uh, so that outside <laughs> believers will come in. Uh, just this a few weeks ago since we've been here, there's been two different couples that have called uh, wanting to know more information about uh, about the church that Lord willing will start soon. They heard about it through through some different word of mouth, uh, but they heard we had services in both English and Thai, and so in, uh, there's there's quite a few expats where there's a, a Western, let's say, husband and a Thai wife, and they speak each other's language pretty well, but not well enough to receive much from teaching in each other's language, and so. Uh, many times we've seen even in Brother Green's church where there will be the English man, English speaking man in the church, but the Thai wife and the Thai speaking kids are in the Thai church. And so it separates the family, and that's never good. And so they contacted me saying, hey, we heard you had services in both English and Thai. And so they are wanting to come visit us when we get back. So be in prayer about that. Uh, Pray that the Lord would use the men that are being trained now for for the work in Thailand, um, and uh, pray that the Lord would raise up the next group of men that we will train. Uh, in a few months, we'll start visiting villages um, to try to talk to the pastors and see if there's uh, young men that feel called in the ministry. Are they hungry to study God's Word every day? then um, they can come and study with us in about a year. So be in prayer for the Lord to raise up some uh, the next group of men. Uh, and then pray with me the wisdom in what literature to choose to uh, have translated. Alright, so and then of course uh, pray for my family. And I as we travel back to Thailand uh, Saturday. And so it's about a 30... The whole trip is 35 hours, 36 hours. In flight time is 27 hours. And so we need prayer for that. <laughs> yes. Are we open for questions? Yes, let's, let's have some You mentioned a word, and um, I'm not sure everybody here knows what it means. Animism. Mm -hmm. Please explain the difference between our basic understanding of God and creation mm -hmm. and man. Okay, so there's, of course, different kinds of animism. The Native Americans, what we call Indians, uh, they had a form of animism Afri in Africa, in uh, Amazon jungle. All these areas had animism, what we would categorize as animism, and what that is is some form of spirit worship or spirit appeasement they believe and they know that there is a spirit spirit world. And everything, I mean, some go further than others, but the, everything has a spirit in it or around it that anything good or bad that happens to you is because either a good spirit allows it to happen or a bad spirit causes it to happen. And so good luck, bad luck, any all of that, they're bound to these spirits, whether they are a family, an ancestor that's passed away, which is big in China, uh, in the Hmong group, uh, where they have to appease their ancestors or someone else's 
ancestor spirits comes to haunt them and it's just a big mess and so uh, the, the animus that we have met and the Hmong we've started to learn a lot about uh, they have big ancestor spirit worship and um, um, they have kind of stories passed down from them and they had a story similar to creation they said the uh, spirit created everything and <clears throat> created the first man and the first woman and they did something to upset the spirit that caused them to have the curse of whatever they say they have different stories different names for the first man and woman uh, but one of our students when he when the Lord was uh, converting him he was he read the Bible he got a hold of a Bible and just started reading Genesis and he's like wow it's so clear it's just like what I heard but like details and and it all makes sense and it all fits and he was shocked that, that the stories he heard uh, he finds in the Bible but very clear and not just word of mouth passed from generation to generation so there is at least an idea of a spiritual world and their thinking is like a timeline like we think where starting point creation and then time where Buddhists think in a circle reincarnation they don't think of when you say the beginning uh, like John 1 1 the beginning was the word um, when I used that Thai word to my Thai Buddhist teacher I said what do you think of when I say Nagratumagam she said is that like the beginning of Buddha's life or beginning of his enlightenment or something like that and I was like no this is talking about when when God created uh, all things, you know, so they don't think automatically in that timeline fashion like we do in the West. But the animist does, and so that's very helpful when you are witnessing to them. Um, and uh, um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Thank you, sir. Right. Any other questions? What part of the, you said point six to seven, is Christian over there? What part do you think is sovereign grace churches? I don't even know if it could be calculated. <laughs> <laughs> One. I don't know. Not many. There's, uh, <clears throat> there's one English-speaking church in Chiang Mai that I know of. Jack Green. Yes. There is one church, Baptist church in um, Bangkok. There's a Presbyterian church, but that sure does act like a Baptist in many ways, but they're, uh, they believe in the doctrines of grace. And then there's another English-speaking church that is just starting in Bangkok that's uh, Sovereign Grace. Um, Brother Paul uh, visits the churches. I mean, from, if they believe what he's teaching, then they're Sovereign Grace, so maybe 12 to 14 more, 15 more. Um, but that's all I know of. Uh, there's, I was thinking Chiang Rai. We know some missionaries that are Sovereign Grace in Chiang Rai, but they're kind of a part of a member of a church that, that I don't think they would call it Sovereign Grace. John so. Joshua Johnson's? No, he's in Chiang Rai. Oh. He goes to Brother Green's church, yeah. <coughs> Brother Green have an associate? Mm-hmm. Is there a heavy load on your shoulder? Yes. <laughs> 
So any other questions? <clears throat> and do they seem like they're recept pretty receptive to the word or I guess it just depends on who you talk to whether Yeah. So just in my <clears throat> limited experience with these students we have, there's uh, this, there's a few students that like when they came to us they knew nothing like one came to us and there was a church in his village that had a pastor but I don't know if he didn't go to church much or didn't listen much or the pastor didn't teach much but he knew very little and so uh, when I'm when we're just going through the, the scriptures everything I'm showing them about the doctrines of grace, you know, uh, sovereignty of God, any of that. He's just like, yeah, that's what it says. Uh, another student uh, uh, was saved, this long young man, uh, uh, a girl in school that he would pick on, uh, basically told him, he said, why are you so different than everybody else? And she said, well, I'm a Christian. And just that, he went home and just kept eating at him. Why is she so different? Why is she so different? So he went and found a Bible from an uncle that had a Bible. So he got it and he just started reading it. And there was a church building in the village, but no pastor. Sometimes they would meet to sing and just read a few scriptures, but no teaching of any kind. And so all he had was the Word of God. He read through it three times before he came to us. And he is so solid, Doctor. I mean, you show him and he's just like, well, yeah. And then he's starting to hear the false preachers in Thai, the Thai language. And he's like, can you believe they said this? And I'm like, yeah, they, a lot of them say that. And he's like, but the Bible said I'm like, yeah, I know. You know? And then there's a few other students that uh, they have a church background. They've been raised in church all their life, and they know a lot. But when you show them something different than what they're taught, they're kind of... They're not teaching. Yeah. I mean, they're getting, they, they're getting there. They just kind of... They're having a little more difficulty, you know, because their their culture is whoever taught me first. I have to be loyal to them, you know, and that's that Asian culture, and so they feel like they're abandoning their. Yeah, yeah, it is. So it's just another thing, something to deal with. But so to answer your question, each one's different, but but the ones that seems like doesn't have much of a background, they're the ones that are very teachable. <clears throat> are any of these books or pamphlets or whatever that you're trying to find, are they here and you can't take them back or we can't download you? We have in English all the all the books we need and you know we can get them and, and sometimes it's expensive. Yeah, we need them translated. Uh, which we've started the process. I think we have eight that either have been translated or are about to be finished. Um, but the next step of that is is printing them because we can set aside a little bit every month and then pay the translator to translate this book. Did you say that they have the trail of blood? In they time? do, yeah. Yes. I don't know how good it is because that pastor that did it is is not friendly to Calvinists. Oh, no. <laughs> so. Like how to smoke out a Calvinist, why I'm not five points on why I'm not a Calvinist or something. He has those books translated also right yeah, underneath the trailing one. So yeah. I'm like, did you not know what Carol believed? <laughs> <laughs> so. Curtis, I have a question. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with 
Carol's learned a lot since he died. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. One question yeah. more about your family. Are they, do they go to traditional school or Homeschool. Just homeschool, yeah, homeschool, and so my wife's busy doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, so she does that mainly in the morning. The older, uh, my daughter, who's uh, almost 13, my son, who's almost 15, uh, they can self-study a lot with just guidance from her, and then of course she's a lot busier with the six and eight-year-old. Uh, no, uh, we use a mixture. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of mixture. So, any other questions? Well, I heard you. Sorry, I was not trying to eat y'all. But I heard you say something to Brother Rains about um, <coughs> you had just lost weight just by eating their food mm -hmm. over there. And I'm sorry, I teach foods and nutrition at school, so I'm interested. What is their diet? Yeah. So, there's no wheat. No, there's no bread. There's no wheat pasta. Uh, even the snacks are, don't have much sugar at all, um, and so they, they, everything just about has rice, and then something to put on the rice, and then sometimes a soup, which has a lot of vegetables and maybe a little bit of meat, um, and then a fruit, at, you know, for dessert. How about the hot dogs? The hot dogs. Oh, the hot dog buns? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so there is a Dairy Queen in Chiang Mai <laughs> that we can get soft serve ice cream for about 30 cents. Um, but, and they only serve ice cream, but they somehow got a hold of these hot dog buns and they don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and so they put, we call sticky, it's like real sticky rice. They put sticky rice in the bottom of the bun and then scoops of ice cream on top. <laughs> and, and, we, and we, they have hot dogs, but we haven't found buns anywhere except there. And they misuse the hot dog ones. So our kids came uh, to America and they're like, they want hot dogs all the time, but they say, can we have hot dogs in bun? Can we have hot dogs in bun? <laughs> so, so it sounds like a rice pudding that's not cooked. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's not as mushy, because the sticky rice is like very yeah. dry. But yeah, it's not. So when they don't have, so when they say it's time to eat, they say, ginkau, that literally eat rice. So it's eat rice time when say, let's eat. It's time to eat. Let's go eat. It's eat rice. Sometimes the rice will stop reliving. Well, sometimes they do. The other meal they have is, is like a soup with noodles in it, and they're usually rice noodles also. Um, and so, but they'll still say, king cow, eat rice when it's soup time. So, <laughs> so it's, And some of them ate five pieces of pizza, never eaten yeah. pizza before, and they said, "So why are you cooking rice? You know, we just you just ate five pieces of pizza." And they said, "Oh, that's just snack. It's just a snack because, because no rice. Rice is for yeah. yeah, rice is for meal. And generally, it's rice is your main your main filler. You kind of call it think of it as a filler. And then there's a lot of vegetables. And then with a little bit of meat, maybe an ounce." Beef, chicken, pork, pork, and chicken. some chicken. Mostly pork. And some fish, but. We don't eat a lot of fish. Yeah. It's more expensive, so it's mostly pork. And you eat pork. So then they get me to go out on the 
soccer field in the evening sometimes, so that's helped work off the calories, the few calories there. Yeah, <laughs> so I used to do a lot of baking, so in his defense, the reason we have lost weight is because there's no baking in the fresh. So yeah. Oh, donuts. Well, we donuts. They have a donut place, but they don't open until 11 o'clock. Well, they have a But they're not as sweet as they are here. Mr. Donut. We are, but they don't have coffee. I like the donut coffee, but they don't have coffee. What do they do? Coconut milk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I know you talked about the, the men that you mission to that come to your home. That's the thing. But do y'all go out into any of the villages and, and speak to women, children, or do you just work with those? Um, we we have gone to many villages. Um, uh, with COVID restrictions, it's been hard to do much. Um, it's starting to open up more now. Um, and so I'd like to travel more, but as we are starting a church, it's going to be hard to do that on Sunday. And then, you know, with my daily schedule, it will be hard to do too much traveling. We'll probably have a time. And if, and if a young man or more than one young man is able to preach, then we can travel some while he preaches. So are y'all uh, welcome? in the future, it should. When y'all do go out, or are y'all welcome? Yes. Yeah, we're very welcome by by the believers. The we've been to a few villages where there's just a few believers and a lot of animus, and um, they kind of like the kids and even the adults will kind of look around the poles at us and just kind of curious why we're there but keep their distance. And so uh, uh, sometimes we will do. Of course, this was a lot before COVID. We would do. Uh, medicine and try to help with you know if they have infections or parasites or different things you know we'll see some of them and, and then that way we can go into the animus areas of the village and kind of hope they soften up to us which they do in some ways so, yeah. would you tell them what you told me about how the menu first no yes yeah, so when we go to a village and visit a church uh, they always feed you after the, the service and um, and so they'll have the guests sit there in, in the usually the middle of the church. They bring in tables, put the chairs away, and um, and so they'll put all the different foods on the table. And so the pastor will come, and usually some of the men from the church will come, and they'll all sit together. And the women just stand around, just watching you eat. And uh, and the children are usually playing, and yeah, I don't know really where they're. But uh, the women are watching you eat, and so when you're finished, whatever's left over in those bowls, that's what they eat. And so uh, you've got to eat enough to where your plate's gone, you know, all the rice is gone because they worked hard for every grain of rice that's in there. So you eat all your rice, but you be, you're careful not to keep eating too much because that's what the women are going to eat. So um, they, they're very... In that way, they they have a very servant's heart, you know, in, in that way. So, yes. And it sounds strange, but it's gender that's like 
culturally acceptable to them to mm-hmm. after each other. So that's not a strange thing. And also, they, the women think it's like a high respect to get to eat yeah. after you like to yeah. finish off. But if, if you eat everything on the table, it, like because you, oh, I don't want any food to go bad, and you eat everything, then they, it's kind of disrespectful because it's like they didn't make enough for you. So then they feel bad. <laughs> so they didn't make enough for you. So you have to balance. Finish your plate, but not finish all the plates. <laughs> yes? Um, do y'all ever have any conflict with the government? How do they do Christians? Uh, Buddhists are really open to all religions pretty much. Um, they're pretty relaxed. I mean, we haven't had any problems with the government. No worship here. No. There's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through as a foreigner, but it's required for everyone, whether you're Christian or not. So, you know, it's it's just part of being there. Um, the only issue we had was one of the COVID outbreaks. They closed everything down, and they specifically said in our little district that if you're like a, uh, a school where students live with you uh, and you teach every day, that you can't gather together. And I was like, that's weird. That's never been on any of those before. And so I prayed about it after church Sunday and just felt uneasy. And so Monday morning I was like, just don't put on your matching shirts. Just wear normal clothes. Let's not meet uh, for morning class just yet. Just I, I don't know. Let's just hold off for, for today. And so sure enough, about the time we'd be in class, about 9.30 or 10, um, a truck full of police officers came out and asked us about a plant we had planted. And came in and like one of them looked at the plant and the rest are like looking around and stuff and so uh, they asked for a plant so I gave them a plant they left and and then I told all the students okay we're having class so but that's about as much as as we've had we're thankful because the the doors open to Thailand uh, and so we want to do all we can now while it's so open would they hassle you just teaching your own kids I think so. Yeah, they would leave you alone. Uh, but that, and they usually leave you alone for what we have with people living with us. But this one time, it was like we were targeted. And we were the only ones we knew of in the area that did that. So that's why I was, I was just really uneasy about it. So, so I said, let's just hold off. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're plants they can eat. It, they don't just have a plant because it's pretty. It's because they can eat something on it. They're thinking food all the time. Mention the pets, too, that you said. The pets. Uh, you said not too many people have pet pets. They have future beings. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've seen a few in the village that have had a monkey as a pet. But that usually means a meal later. Uh, yeah. But they're pretty good with uh, most of them, especially the Thai. They don't eat dogs like the Vietnamese do or cats. And, um, some in the villages do eat dogs, but they say if you the black dogs are the most delicious, and if you eat one black dog a year, then it'll give you a lot of strength. So I, I sent our our interpreter, that brother Paul uses. We grilled some hot dogs and I burned them, and they were all black. And I said, "Here's my black dog for the year." Interestingly enough, I 
So they, there's no hunting season, there's no hunting license, fishing license, any of that. So uh, all the wildlife, I expected to see a lot of wildlife. You don't see any other than dogs and cat every now and then. There's a few deer left, but not many. Uh, yeah, they, they eat everything. And so uh, there's no like possums, armadillos, skunks, porcupines, groundhogs, uh, rabbits, raccoons. They don't have any small critter like that. They have a few deer left, they have a few monkey, and they have wild boar. And the wild boar is perfect for Thailand and how much they eat things because they repopulate so quickly. And they have a big litter, you know. And so uh, I don't know why rabbits are Maybe that maybe we'll have sent some of our wild boar here. <laughs> well, they just bring a few Thai here and then <laughs> <laughs> because they eat, they, they eat everything to extinction. So they've eaten all the, the larger animals, the small animals now are all gone. Now they've gone to bugs. And birds, yeah. So they'll they'll get the slingshot and hit a bird like a little sparrow, and they'll defeather it, gut it, and all that, and cook this bird on this little fire. And then all six, eight students all gather around and get like a little bitty piece of meat, and they'll all be eating it. And all that work for a little sparrow. Well, that's why they all eat rice. There's nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're just genuinely. They, we don't have a lot of fish, and there's not. The meat that they're probably the best the best fed they've ever been is probably with us because we have meat every, a little bit at least meat every meal. Besides raw rice, what other crops do they grow? Um, they grow a lot of coffee bean and uh, tea. Uh, a lot of the the crops up north, especially in the Myanmar, you know, the Golden Triangle area, that was all opium, and so the last king. Uh, had a, it, like he really cared for the hill tribe people, and so he uh, tried to do a lot to help them advance. He's got put cell phone towers everywhere in the hill tribe hill tribe regions, and and uh, he had to teach them how to grow something else besides opium. And so usually that's uh, coffee beans, tea, soybeans, those kind of things. So those are the main and corn. Yeah. So if you go into a Starbucks and you see the pictures on the wall, I think every Starbucks I've seen it, there's like some picture of a crop or a hit some like a hill country with like rice or something. Uh, uh, all their coffee comes from mainly Thailand from the Karen group. Um, if you went into the average village, the tribal village, uh, what percentage of the people would actually have cell phones to use? Now a lot. Probably five years ago, not many would have them. Um, but now there's a lot that not only have cell phones, but have smartphones. Really? And so that's like they they may still be cooking over an open fire and, and barely maybe have one bulb for electricity. Or some don't even have electricity, but they've got a five, four or five G cheap cell phone plan and they're playing their smartphone. So it's kind of, it's really sad. Uh, in many ways. The in the of the or their motorcycle, they'll charge motorcycle. it. Uh, uh, cell phones are <coughs> very cheap there, and the coverage, like, Matthew and I have unlimited data cell phone plans for $8 a month. Oh, I mean, cell phone coverage is so cheap. The king did that. The previous king did that. 
so he did it to help them advance in society, but what it's done is it's just addicted a lot of the kids to the phone. Yeah. Any other questions? In Chiang Mai, are there very many students that want to leave uh, Thailand to come to America? Like foreign exchange students, have you heard of very many of that? Mm -hmm. Do they come back? They, they don't, yeah, it's very hard to come over here. We wanted to bring a student with us, and um, they didn't, we, he sat through two interviews, and they wouldn't let him come. The people in Thailand, yes. Yeah, they have to prove that there's enough reason to come back. They don't want them to go to a country and then stay there. And so they want to make sure there's enough Thai back home in Thailand to, to make sure they come back. Um, but really, the students like he wanted. He wants to come visit America, but he doesn't want to like stay here. Like they're very. They're very proud of their yeah. country, their food, their culture. They don't. They're I, scared I about. A single Thai who's like, I want to go live in America. They're know? scared about what they would eat here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that they would survive. Like yeah. they're very picky eaters. Yeah. So. And they have a certain rice. Like we wouldn't buy some rice to give as a donation, which is a long story, but we bought all this rice and we started bringing them in and the students started getting so worried and they started looking and they're like, finally, the one that speaks the most English said, uh, excuse me, may I ask why you buy this rice? And we're like, oh, because, you know, we're, we're gonna, and he's like, oh, so we do not have to eat this rice? And we're like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's telling them we don't have to eat this rice. And, oh, okay, okay. They're happy and because it was like a poor quality rice, I guess, or didn't taste good, or didn't smell good, or they're kind of picky about it. So you don't want to eat that rice. We, we had an exchange student from Thailand. Oh, really? Probably. Was Lady born? Yeah. About almost 15, 16 years ago. Oh, wow. She gained a 20 ish pounds. Yeah. yeah. Sure. One year? Yeah. In six months, uh, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> I think six and six well, I think I'm about not to fit my suit anymore, so I'll probably gain 10 or 15 so too many. <laughs> she was very helpful around the yeah. house. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Uh, what do you think she was probably more utilizes from? Sure. My. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The women in general are very servant-minded, very uh, submissive. They're very eager to please, they're very hardworking. Yeah. They're more hardworking than the men yes. by far. Uh, the men we're trying to get to, uh, um, I mean, we're going to hopefully, you know, have a class just on how to be, you know, biblical manhood. What's it like? What, what's being a man? What is that about? What's it look like in scriptures? Because, you know, they're taught, well, we're men up here, and so we get to be served. And it harbors a lot of laziness, and a lot of the younger generation doesn't want to work on the farm, doesn't want to do anything except play video games. Well, and then the wives are the ones much, who are working. She must have been from the upper class area. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. first of all, to have been able to have the funds to come over. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, and then she, she never wanted to do anything. She always mm -hmm. she had a car that was always, you yeah. know, so I'm assuming that she had. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big, there's not much middle class. There's you know, the very wealthy and then the very poor. 
Uh, we calculated it. It's like 35 baht per liter, so we can do all the calculation. And it, but it hasn't really gone up too much. It's gone up a little bit, but it went from like 31 baht to 35 baht. They have the Gulf of Thailand. They drill their own oil. They do a lot there themselves. Gasoline and diesel, or just mm -hmm. anything, anything like a van or a truck or larger. It all has small diesel engines, but all the motorcycles, of course, and the small cars have gas. Any other questions? Forget of something and want to ask me, just send me a message. I'm on Facebook. They use Facebook a lot to communicate. They use Messenger to call or to message each other, so you can do that. And too. I have your phone number. And you have my phone number and email. And talk to you all around. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And I still have my American number. It's somehow through an app that I get to keep it. And, uh, sometimes it actually rings when someone calls. <laughs> But leave a message if you call because yeah. sometimes it doesn't ring. Sure. So, all right. No other questions? No other questions? All right. <laughs>